What is up, ambitious listeners? So huge episode coming at you. So first part of this episode will be our traditional NFL recap, like normal, and then an interview. And that interview this week will be with Isabella Nye, her stories of Mr. Stark's theories and all her TikTok POVs, whatnot, her stories of behind-the-scenes acting, everything. She now has encompassed over 97,000 followers. We recorded this when she was just beginning to grow. Now she has grown immensely, even in that month-long span, with a huge future ahead of her. Isabella and I sat down to talk about all of this. So recap coming up after a quick word from our presenting sponsor Anchor and then right after that recap will be the incredible Isabella Nally. Here we go. Week 14 NFL recap coming at you. We start at SoFi Stadium where the Patriots continued their Los Angeles residency as they dropped to 6-7 and seven in a 24-3 loss where the Patriots looked like not a playoff team and a team that was struggling to keep their head above water where the Rams looked like they were dominant on all cylinders all game and mostly due to the phenomenal defense and also because of the incredible rushing performance from Cam Akers who put up over 170 yards on the ground and over 200 yards from scrimmage. This is the first time since 2002 the Patriots have dropped to seven losses in a season, but to six and seven. This is the first time in a long time. And the team now will have to fight and claw their way into the playoff conversation, if even that is a possibility at this point. And as for the Rams, they lead their division, but the Seahawks, with the same record as them, have an opportunity to take that back at some point. We'll get to them in a second and their dominating performance. The Panthers dropped one then when they hosted the Denver Broncos this weekend. For the first time in his career, Drew Locke had four passing touchdowns, and this offense seemed to find a rhythm. They are playing for Vic Vangio right now and playing to prove that they are young and potential threat in next season once they are all healthy. But nonetheless, 5-8 and eight now, 32-27, to 27, they won this game. The Panthers dropped to 4-9 and nine as Matt Rule continues to try to establish his culture, and for a young team, 4-9 and nine to this point isn't awful. The Texans, they visited Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. The Chicago defense was the story of the day. Seven sacks. They were in Deshaun Watson's face all game. The Texans now dropped to 4-9, and nine, and Romeo Cornell not necessarily making the best statement for a future job. As for the Bears, though, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace trying to save theirs as their team bumps up to 6-7 and seven and tries to stay in the playoff hunt with a 36-7 win. The Cowboys looked less like a 4-9 and nine team and more like the NFC East leading team with a 30-7 to seven victory over the Bengals, who are still without Joe Burrow and will be for the remainder of the season. The Bengals dropped to 2-10-1, and, and fumbles were the story of this game. Giovanni Bernard, um, Hendrickson, and Williams, Travion Williams, all fumbled in the first half, and it just put them at a significant disadvantage as the Cowboys, led by Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, ran all over the Cincinnati Bengals. And this was their first win by more than three points this season. Big, big win for the Dallas Cowboys to kind of keep them in the NFC East hunt. Big win, though, for the Green Bay Packers when they traveled to Ford Field in Detroit as they won 31-24. Not a huge win in terms of a scoreboard, but they clinched the NFC North and continue on their march to potentially 13-3 and and do a potential Aaron Rodgers MVP campaign because he has been slinging it in the past few weeks. As for the Lions, they dropped to 5-8 and and not a great performance, but not an awful one as they continue to figure out what their future holds for Matt Stafford and that potential coaching staff with Matt Patricia now out. 
The Titans beat the Jaguars in convincing fashion, 31-10, to over 200 rushing yards for Derrick Henry as he continues to heat up in the final weeks of the season, and the Titans get a statement win after a couple rough weeks. As for the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew is back. He will start next week, and he did play a little bit in this game, but they dropped to 1-12, and and the tank is firmly on in Jacksonville. All they need is for the disastrous Jets to uh, touch down and potentially win a game this season, and they would be the leader in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. The Chiefs, um, they traveled to Miami to take on the Dolphins, and this was a game that was rough for Patrick Mahomes. 30-yard sack on his traditional spin-around, run-dangly thingy that he does, and he lost 30 yards on that sack, and that was the NFL record for most yards lost on a sack. Insane sack, and one of those moments where Mahomes can be a phenomenal piece and the most talented quarterback in the league, but one of those rare moments where he backfired. And he had a couple other moments in this game where Brian Flores had him off kilter as he threw three picks, but they still won the game. They went to 12-1, and one. they won by six points, and this Dolphins team drops to 8-5, and five, and two games back now of the division against Buffalo. The Cardinals hosting the Giants, the Giants coming off their upset win against the Seahawks. What were they going to do against another divisional member? But the Cardinals shut them down all day, and this was led by the pass rush, specifically Hassan Reddick, who had a career game, five sacks and three forced fumbles in this game, and tore apart the Giants' offensive line. Obviously, Mark Colombo was not the problem other than him potentially punching Joe Judge in the face because this offensive line stinks, and Dave Gettleman stinks, and this is not a playoff team, but they very well could sneak in. But right now, the Cardinals pick up a win as they try to can legitimately stay in the playoff race. The Buccaneers grab a quiet 26-14 win over the Vikings. Didn't seem like there was much talk about this one other than Gronk back, and he is starting to really kind of get some juice in the last weeks. And they bump up to 8-5 and five now, firmly in the playoff hunt and the wildcard hunt. But the Vikings go to 6-7, and seven, tied with the Bears now, as they can try to fight for that 7th wildcard spot. The Colts dismantled the Raiders, 9-4 and four they jump to now, 44-27 to 27 they won. The Raiders have lost three of their last four after starting the season 6-3, and three, and they're now at 7-6, and six, an abysmal performance for them as the Colts jump up to 44, or jump up to 9-4, and four, and they are firmly in the playoffs right now. And this was a game that did anybody expect to be any different. The Seahawks absolutely destroyed the New York Jets. Jamal Adams broke the single-season defensive back sack record, which is great for him. He also dropped a pick in this game, though, so Blitzboy continues to stay at it. I'm just kidding. Much love to Jamal. He knows that... uh, He's a talented safety, and it was hard for me as a Jets fan and writer to watch him go, but at the same time, it was a move that worked for both parties. I mean, in the long haul, you can make the case the Jets got the better end of the deal, but the Seahawks got a very, very good pass rusher for this season, and even at times, a very good cover safety. Nonetheless, they dominated the Jets this game, 40-3. to Was it ever going to be a game? Nope. That much closer, though, to Adam Gase being out the door in New York, and that much closer to the Seahawks making the playoffs. The Falcons and the Chargers, this has got to be one of the worst games this season. 20-17, to 17, um, Michael Badgley made a 43-yard field goal to win it. They're both 4-9. and nine. They both stink. Anthony Lynn does not deserve to be an NFL head coach, and the Falcons are just trying to get a potential job for Raheem Morris, which right now, in the past few weeks, they haven't looked great after their first um, strong start under Morris. 
the game that everyone's talking about, 100-yard rushing performance in his debut start and 170-plus yards passing for Jalen Hurts, over 270 yards from scrimmage for the rookie quarterback from Oklahoma. Miles Sanders put up 100-plus yards as well, and the Eagles upset the Saints 24-21. to The Saints currently hold that number one seed. The Packers, though, could take it away if they continue to flounder. Nonetheless, though, the Eagles, led by rookie Jalen Hurts all of a sudden, are back in the NFC East race. But we head to San Francisco, where the football team grabbed a much-needed lead in that division and jumped to 6-7. and seven. They have no true quarterback, a coach that was battling cancer and still is, and a team that is still trying to identify a culture and establish it, and they are still 6-7 and seven and about to potentially take the lead in a commanding one, and make the playoffs. That defense is incredible. They shut down the 49ers' offense. The 49ers dropped to 5-8. and eight. They had two defensive touchdowns. I mean, the Washington football team defense could be one of the best in the league right now, and if they get any spark on offense, they could make some noise as a potential upset in the playoffs. Lastly, we finish off with Sunday Night Football, where the Bills at uh, New Era Field slash Orchard Park slash I can't even remember what they're calling it anymore. They hosted the Steelers, who are coming off their first loss of the season. They're 11-2 and now, and they lost this game 26-15. to And the story of this game was Juju Smith-Schuster's antics at the Bill logo at the center of the field before the game. So here's my input on this, because the game itself was a pretty good one. The, the Bills, it felt like, had... A firm control over this game from the start. I'm Sean McDermott coached a phenomenal game, and Josh Allen played a phenomenal game. And it feels like the Bills are probably the second-best AFC team right now, and the Steelers are a fraud. But I want to talk about this Juju Bills thing, because it's something that a lot of people are talking about. I've never played professional football. Nonetheless, even college football or much experience playing high school football. But one thing that is known is that when you step on another logo, it means something. And then to degrade it by dancing on it, Juju's got to get his act together because there's a reason that Antonio Brown got shipped out because he was a clown show. If Juju can't get his act together and stop playing around as an influencer and start paying attention on the football field, because he's an incredible football player, but he's got to get his act together because those are these moments where the Steelers look embarrassing because this is a franchise that is known for consistency and relevance. And when you have a guy doing that and this TikTok team, obviously that's the way the sport's going. But right now, when you're playing competitive football in week 14 of the regular season, maybe take a note from LeBron and shut off the phone when it's clutch time. So that is my uh, my take. That sounded a little harsh. Juju, much love and respect for you. But you know that uh, it's coming from a place of respect and admiration. But at the same time, the Steelers lost this game. And it seems like they were a little complacent when they got undefeated. And now they've lost two in a row to two pretty solid defenses. A rebound game coming, though, next week. As for their AFC North rivals, the Browns will host the Ravens this evening at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. This is a huge game. If the Browns win, they will be one game back of the AFC North. And if the Ravens win, they could reassert themselves within the conference because they are starting to flounder. I would say that my pick in this game is the Ravens. I think that these are two of the best rushing offenses in football, but I think the Ravens' defense is just that much better and that much more proven. But going to be a great game. Excited to watch it and excited to watch the these final three weeks as we get to the playoffs that are surely going to be incredible. So that was my recap. Now, Isabella, the incredible. Now I- 
Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest has quickly rose to TikTok popularity with her Marvel Avengers-themed series called Mr. Stark's Assistant, and then her other Marvel-related and superhero-related content. She's quickly rose to fame on TikTok, now encompassing over 74,000 followers. So joining me today to tell her story is Isabella Nye. Isabella, how is it going? I'm doing great. Um, I'm very excited to be on the show, or podcast, I should be saying. Well, I am very excited to have you on. So before we even get into TikTok, I want to know about Isabel and I. What is your story? What was high school into college like, and what is your career prior to your TikTok fame? Um, I went to, uh, I go to the University of North Georgia still. I'm still in college. And I went to my local high school, and I used to do cycling um, for a while. I I still do cycling, um, and I used to do it very competitively, but I've recently fractured my back, so I can't do that. And then um, I work for Publix right now as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really nervous. Can you tell? Oh, you're completely fine. It's all good. Um, Well, starting with the back, are you okay? Is that all good? Yeah, the great part about it is I got it on video, so totally worth it. (laughs) Well, definitely in the content world, that's always a good thing to have uh, more content. But um, in talking about how, I guess, diving into your content, how did you get started on TikTok? Well, um, I, during quarantine, I started making TikToks, um, and then... You know, the Draco TikTok started forming and people started making like their own like scenarios, kind of like I was doing. And I was like, oh, I wish they would do something like Marvel. And I was like, wait a second, I could do that. So I started editing. I had, since I'd been on TikTok for a little bit now, I learned how to edit and I started editing videos and then I decided to post it and got really out of my comfort zone. And I was very happy to see that other people liked what I was doing. Well, that is definitely true. Getting out of your comfort zone has immensely paid off, as you now, as I said, have over 70,000 followers. And your series that has really grown to popularity, actually how I discovered your account, was this Mr. Stark's Assistant series that has amassed over 2 million views on some videos and consistently in the thousands. So how did that get started? And it has been very very interesting for a lot of people within the tiktok community are you asking about how i was able to get the series going yeah okay yeah (laughs) um so when i posted it people were like oh my gosh more parts please and i was like well i guess i'll keep going with it um it takes me quite a bit of time though to make it and a lot of people want me to post two parts in a single day, but I just cannot do that. That's a lot of time. But I think, did that cover the question that you were looking for? Yeah, so I, I kind of asked, uh, this was my fault, I kind of asked almost a second question towards the end of that, which was, it has been something, as you kind of just hit on, that a lot of people have gotten involved in and really liked. So can you kind of describe what that's been like to get such adamant support with your content? It was amazing. I did not expect this much uh, courage or, or um, uh, 
like people wanted it so much. My first video that I posted of the series got, I think, 1.4 million views on it. And I was so surprised. I actually cried a little bit, if I'm being honest. Um, it was just, it was great. And I'm super happy about it. Well, that's awesome. And it is something that has gone very viral. So in terms of the editing, because it's something you just noted, it takes a while to edit it. And if you watch the content, it is evident that you put a lot of work into it. So in if you had to give a rough estimate of how long it takes you to make your content, how long would you say it usually takes per video? Depending if um, I already have, I'm just pulling videos. Um, it takes about two to three hours to make the video. Wow. So, yeah. So, in talking about what the, I guess, the storytelling aspect of content in general, is that something that you've always been interested in, in storytelling? Yeah. I, in high school, I ran um, uh, Instagram with writing, and a lot of people like that. So, that's why I was able to transition from Instagram to TikTok a little more smoothly with my stories. Just now I'm in them versus just writing on a blog of sorts. <laughs> now, in talking about the future, I guess, of your content, where do you plan to go with this newfound fame? Um, I plan to finish off the series and then start a new one based on another fandom. And a lot of people would like me to do uh, Harry Potter. And I plan to start doing cosplay. I actually just got a Valkyrie cosplay. So I'm going to need to learn how to do makeup for that. <laughs> well, I have to admit, Isabella, and maybe this is going to scorn a little bit of my listeners, but I have not been a big Harry... I never got into the Harry Potter books. I never got into the Harry Potter movies. What? I I know. I'm one of the rarities, I guess, because it seems like a lot of kids and generation that... I'm in has gotten into Harry Potter evidently with you and your content and there's a huge fan base and I don't know I guess it was never something that I was I mean, interested I, in. I just finished the books this year but I've watched the movies before and I like not like a true fan or anything I watched the movies and then I was like well the books would probably be big better so I read the books and then I got more into it but you're missing out I guess so, and it's strange because I've always been interested in Marvel, and I've always been interested in like the Hunger Games trilogy, and oh, those are really good. I can't watch it with my mom though; she she can't watch that. Oh, why not? She doesn't like children dying in the future. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, and it's scary with our current climate. If maybe that is a potential one day, oof. Yeah. <laughs> now, in talking about your, I guess, future career, what was the original plan, I guess, prior to your social media involvement in this creative outlet that you've now pursued? Originally, I had no idea. I've <laughs> been, though, in and out of the acting and modeling business since I was really little. And back in 2018, I got back into acting, and I was actually an extra on some movies and TV shows you might know. Um, and I'm trying to get back into it because, but with COVID going on, it's very hard right now. 
that's actually interesting because we're predominantly here at Ambitious is a sports sports culture, I guess, podcast. So we've talked in the last few weeks and a couple episodes to some athletes who are trying to find their professional football players and they're trying to find a new home with COVID and everything going on. And really the NFL and the NCAA are the only leagues going on right now. So it's hard for them to find a job. And I haven't seen the other side of it with musicians or actors. And I can imagine it's got to be difficult right now, not only with college, but also with your career in order to get things moving because of the pandemic. Yeah, it's definitely a change. Um, right now in the business, they're, they're looking for people still, but you have to get tested before you can show up on set. And then there's being super selective of who gets to be on set too. Now, Isabella, where are you from? I was born here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I've been born and raised here. Now, now Georgia has become, sorry to cut you off there, has become something that a lot of people have become familiarized with in the past few weeks with the election and everything, if you weren't already. But for the people that don't know about Georgia, what was Georgia like? I'm from New York and the show's based in New York. What was, how did Georgia handle the COVID pandemic, I guess, versus other states and other countries? I mean... I was in school, and I still am in school, mm-hmm. um, when this all happened. I actually was supposed, the day that everything just shut down in Georgia, I was actually showed up on set for um, a big movie. I don't think I can say the name, but <laughs> I showed up on set, and they're like, hey, there's COVID now in Georgia, so we can't film anymore. And... Yeah, it was kind of pointless of me going downtown Atlanta. Now, in talking about, um, I guess, more of the life aspect, um, in terms of college, what... What was your college, I guess uh, we do this for football players, but in terms of applying it to picking a college in general, what was your college, I guess, selection process like? Selection process? Um, I used to go to a small college up in North Carolina for a while on a cycling scholarship, but I did not fit well there, so I transferred to the University of North Georgia. Um, I For cycling, I had a lot of choices, but since they're all private schools, they're all very expensive. I'm really glad I transferred to the University of North Georgia. Wow, so you've been a little bit, you've gotten to experience North Carolina, you've gotten to experience Georgia. And now in talking about your interests, you talked about cycling. Um, Other than cycling and your avid fandom now for Harry Potter and Marvel, (laughs) what are you interested in? What are some hobbies outside of that? Um, I I like building Legos, so (laughs) I recently got into that. Uh, I do writing of sorts, but that's kind of slowed down since all of TikTok has formed, and uh, I like thrifting, I guess I can say. I don't know if that would be considered a hobby of sorts. Hey, Um, I I think that is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, cycling. Cycling was a huge part of my life for a long time. 
And now TikTok is a huge part of my life now. <laughs> now, talking about competitive cycling to tie in, I guess, because this is a predominantly sports-based podcast. In talking about competitive cycling, that's not something I'm necessarily familiar with. How did you compete in competitive cycling? What is, I guess, the general competition for competitive cycling like? So for cycling, there's different types of races. There's um, time trial, road race, crit, and circuit. Um, I do crits more than any of other races but when i was a junior which means when i was younger than 18 um i used to do all of them i hated time trials i hated road races only like crits and circuits um a crit is about a one mile loop and it's basically a giant party so there's always like a concert or some sort of thing going on like uh athens twilight crit Hmm. stuff like that there's like festivals and stuff like that wow very cool now transitioning back to isabella and your who you are in looking at the way you've lived your life and looking at i mean your future and all of that who are some people that inspire you definitely my mom um but if you're like talking about celebrities I guess. Are you talking about celebrities or just people in my life? Uh, just a broad question. It can be people in your life or even celebrities as well. Um, well, The Rock is definitely someone I would love to inspire towards as. Um, my coach um, for cycling is definitely someone who's inspired me a lot in cycling and out of cycling. Yeah. Now, this is a bigger, another kind of bigger question, I guess, but in looking down the road, obviously with a pandemic we're in right now and you're in college, things are hard to tell what the future could take because TikTok especially is another thing that you never know what the future could hold for the app or even social media as a whole. But in trying to predict, I guess, a five-year goal, where could you and where would you like to, I guess, see yourself in five years down the road? Uh, I'd like to say that I finished college. I'm just with a graduation degree of some sort. And then um, acting, I would love to be an actor of pretty much any sort. Well, not just any sort, like on in movies. And I really want to get into a speaking role because I've never had a speaking role yet. So I would like to be able to do that and be a boss at doing makeup. Oh, very, very cool. Now, tying back into the acting thing, is there a particular genre of movies that you would desire to be in when you're older? Uh, anything Star Wars, anything action, definitely Marvel. Um, I, I've been in a fair share of uh, action um, movies from the time I, for my extra casting. Oh, very cool. Is there any that you can name, or is there some stuff you're not allowed to name? I can tell you all of them because they're all now out there. Um, Let's see. I was on The Walking Dead, I think the last season. I was on MacGyver. I was on Goosebumps 2 for a scene. I was a dinosaur princess for that. That was an interesting (laughs) set. Um, And then I was in a Hulu movie, and I guess it was a feature extra, but then I got cut from that, so that was great. (laughs) 
Well, in talking about, I guess, the acting, and you've got quite the resume already with stuff you've done in the past, and now you're putting a hell of a resume together now with your TikTok career because you've been able to not only tell stories but also be in these videos. But if you had to, I guess... If if you had to pinpoint a route for yourself, you know, you said the acting or the action genre, but if you had to pinpoint a route of, would you rather be a pure actor or would you like to get into, I guess, the storytelling aspect of writing and directing as well? Um, I think directing would be cool. I know that a lot of actors like, uh, take Chris Evans, he acts and he directs also. So... I mean, if I can have enough skills to be able to do that, I would love to do that. Isabella, it is slipping my mind right now, but I cannot think of it. It was a show on Apple TV. I really enjoyed it that Chris Evans was in. I don't know if you oh, yeah. know it. Uh, but Saving Jacob, I think it was the name or something like yes, that. Yes, that was a phenomenal series. And I think that yes, was, it was the great cinematography, great writing. And I think that uh, definitely some of his best work along with uh, the Marvel franchise. But in talking about Marvel... Where did that interest spark as well? And where did you see, you mentioned, you know, the Draco TikTok and the POVs of that, but where did you see the correlation for a potential Marvel TikTok connection in a fan base? Well, my dad introduced me to Marvel. I, um, I was back in 2012 with the first Avengers movie. And I remember Thanos just showing up at the end and I was obsessed with it. I actually had a, uh, for my 16th birthday party, it was actually Loki themed. Um, I can't find any of those pictures anymore, which, I mean, I had a bad hair day that day, so that's good. Um, but when I was scrolling through TikTok, I was, Draco became a big thing on TikTok for a while. And a lot of the followers that followed um, Draco TikToks transitioned over to my page. Um, and I just saw what they were doing and I thought I could do my own take on it and with Marvel, because I'm a huge fan of Marvel. I read the comics, I watched the movies. Yeah. Hmm. Now, in talking about if you could just pick a movie, I guess, and it's a hard question because you seem to have varied interests in a lot of these movies and franchises, but if you could just pick a movie right now and insert yourself into it, whether it's something coming in production or whether it's something that has already come out, if you could just pick a movie and pick a role, what is the dream role? Probably the, either the Doctor Strange movie that's coming out like next year or maybe the Spider-Man 3 movie that's coming out, and I have, like, a role where I'll have, like, powers or something, and, like, fight a bunch of bad guys in it and look awesome in it. Very, very cool. Now, we talked about who inspires you, but what motivates you? What motivates me? Well, my followers definitely do. It's them keep showing up and telling me that they love the series and that they want more and stuff like that. Well, it keeps me going and making the series, but in motivation-wise for um, my degree and stuff like that, it's, well, I've I paid a lot of money to stay in college. I'd rather not see you wasted. <laughs> 
hey, listen, I think that completely makes sense. Now, just two more questions here before we finish up, and they are two of the biggest that I ask everybody in these interviews, so get ready. The first one is one, take as much time as you want, but in looking down the road, looking to your life as a whole, what do you want your legacy to be? Legacy. Huh. Um, so, like, when I'm in my, like, 80s and I look back on my life and I'm like, or someone, what do you mean by someone, like, after I'm long gone, they'll find me somewhere and be like, oh, she did blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay. Um, a big actor that um, made a change in the world. Good, good change. Not a bad change. Let's not do that. Um, uh, I guess a director or a big actor. Yeah, a big actor that also did cycling. I guess I'm not 100% sure. I don't have my life planned out currently, but I think it'd be cool if someone were to know me as like the big actor, not just a TikToker or an Instagrammer. Well, listen, I think not only is TikTok a great way for you to get your platform going, but also in terms of your future. I don't think it, you don't necessarily have to have your life figured out yet. There's people who've come on this show, probably quadruple your age, and they have no clue what they're doing yet. So <laughs> there is definitely time for you to figure that out and definitely resources now with this newfound TikTok career. But in talking, this is a, I guess, separate question from my final question, but in talking about a change in the world, you know, the quote that I've always liked was be the change you want to see in the world. What is a change, I guess, you feel is needed in our world right now? Uh, global warming is a thing. It doesn't seem to be getting enough attention. Uh, but I know a lot of people around our age would like uh, to have that fixed as well. Because I would like to have my grandkids be able to live in a world that's not polluted or destroyed. I'd like I, to leave it better than I arrived in it. I completely agree. I think that uh, a few, um, a little while back, I've talked about climate change actually on this podcast, but one thing that is important is that I think that as we hopefully transition out of this pandemic soon and hopefully within the next uh, couple administrations in our country, there's a better focus on social injustice as well. But one of the most prominent issues in our world as a whole is we do need to come together and combat climate change. And I completely agree with you on that, Isabella. Now, before we end off, the biggest question. Mm. If you could be a boat, any boat, what kind of boat would you be and why? Uh, huh. Maybe a speeder boat or, yeah, a speeder boat. I like going really fast on the water. <laughs> hey, I think that is a great, great answer. Isabella Nye, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Before we close out, I want to give you the opportunity to plug your TikTok, plug your Instagram, plug your social medias, where whatever you feel the need to plug, any projects you're working on, the floor, the red carpet is rolled out. The floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my TikTok handle is at Bella underscore Bill Nye. Um, and it's the same for Instagram. And I post every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time to my audience for the series I currently post. So, yeah. And thank you so much for having me on this podcast, Dylan. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you and very excited to see what you do in the future. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Isabella Nye. 
my thanks to Isabella for joining the podcast. She's already doing big things, and she's going to continue to do them. So if you want to check her out, go check her out on TikTok, Instagram. She gave you all the links. Go check her out. Seriously, she's a great girl and excited to see everything that she does in the future. If you want to check out more about Ambitious, find us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP, and YouTube, Ambitious with Dylan Price. Have a wonderful holiday season, folks. We will be back next week with another episode, and then it is Christmas and the New Year. So get ready, folks. One more episode left of Ambitious before holiday break, and hope you guys all are getting ready for this phenomenal holiday season. It's been a rough year, guys. Embrace the little moments and all these phenomenal holiday traditions, because if anything this year has taught us, it is that we should all be grateful for the little things. So yeah, And one of those little things I hope in your lives has been ambitious this year. And uh, hope you guys come back next week for another phenomenal episode.